0: One. Hello everybody. This is the ninth episode of the Football Scouting Report. And today we have a special guest. It's uh Jake Lemming. Um he is the national director of recruiting for Prep Zone, correct? Prep red zone. Prep red zone, close. Just yep. one word. And the cool thing about him is I actually know this guy in real life. I mean, almost all of the people <laughs> on the podcast have had before is like met him once or only know him through the internet i um jake tell me a little bit about your
1: background how you know me (laughs) uh paulie and i went to college together we were both bowling green state university falcons paulie's a local legend in uh bowling green and probably one of the more uh well-known people over there absolutely
0: so uh Jay, uh, Jake played on the football team uh, as, a safe, as a defensive back, and I worked with the um, athletic department at the time. And I just hung out with the football guys and got to know everybody. And I uh, made sure to stay in t- touch with Jake because, like on a football team, there's the guys who just play football because they're good at it, but then there's other guys who play football because they love it. Jake was one of those dudes. I know he loves football. He knows I love football. And uh, we've kept in touch, and we figured it's a good time for him to hop on the pod.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm excited, man. Uh, I know you were uh, you had some good memories in downtown Bowling Green, and uh, excited to talk about a little ball and maybe even some of those, huh, Pauly? Oh dear, stories from the
0: past.
1: <laughs>
0: we'll we'll see what what how much time we got at the end. I heard All they, right. they you
1: used to run uh used to run Shots Incorporated down there.
0: Yes, that was my that was my home. <laughs> All right. Before we get into the uh, embarrassing backstories, uh Jake, why don't you give uh give yourself a little background? What was uh, how big of a role did football play in your life? Was everybody in your family interested in it or were you the only one?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I um I guess in a sense you could say I grew up in a football family. Um my uncle kind of like I mean, he's been recruiting game for 42 years and I he was kind of the first one really to make recruiting almost like a business. And obviously he kind of started his own magazine and I kind of, um, got into football because of him. I mean, I was in fourth grade. My mom wouldn't let me play and I begged her and I begged her. And finally my dad convinced her and got into it. And I, uh, I've been in it ever since and I've grew up, always wanted to be a coach. Um, I played throughout high school. Obviously I played in college. I mean, I was a walk on, I mean I wasn't I'll be the first to admit I wasn't a superstar player. Um and but I I always knew I wanted to be involved in football as a career. Um after college I got into coaching, coached at a high school, Anthony Wayne High School, just outside of Toledo where um we kind of went to high or college rather. After that, I um I knew I wanted to get into the college game. I went and coached at a division three school for couple months and then actually I got offered at a GA spot at uh, New Mexico State and I mean it was for me a no-brainer I always wanted to try to get to the division one level and I was fortunate enough to get there um, I spent a year there I learned a ton of football I mean I had a great experience worked with a lot of awesome people um, after that a year into that uh, I got offered a full-time opportunity as in um, as offensive coordinator at AI school just outside of Chicago I was there for six months. And to be honest with you, I, it just wasn't for me. I I didn't feel like our our faculty was really giving our kids um, the right opportunities and really helping them to succeed. And there were some other things I just didn't agree with. So to be honest with you, I I left um, and I got out of coaching. I I never thought, I never purposely like thought I'd be done with coaching. I kind of got into this recruiting thing almost out of nowhere. Like I started working for my uncle for a while and the next thing i know i got this opportunity of prep red zone and my role was small when i started and now i've kind of worked my way up and i've been really really fortunate and i've i've enjoyed it man i mean i get to watch high school football recruits all day evaluate them and the biggest thing is kids um whether it be you know those four star maybe five star kids or maybe even like a division three kid who could end up being uh, a steal for someone Um, So, I mean, I I feel really lucky that I'm still in football, but I'm excited to kind of see where it uh, continues from here. Exactly, and that's uh that's a uh, great that you uh have like that source in, um in
0: your family, but that's also great that you were able to kind of like get out uh get out of his wing. Mm-hmm. I've made plenty of uh jokes about on this podcast about people uh people get, uh getting into the into football industry because their dad's Marty Schottenheimer or something, <laughs> but uh, Don't worry be, yeah. But yeah, it's great to know that one. I can't. I can't fault you for taking advantage of your family connections, and I applaud you for hey, get, getting out and busting ass on your own. So that's that's absolutely amazing. And do you, do you kind of feel that you're like in a shadow of some sort, or do you just not feel, or is that just like not really a real thing?
1: You know, no, I really don't. I mean, maybe I am in the sense that, like it's funny at Prep Red Zone where I'm at right now. Like <laughs> they kind of make fun of me, like how. I really don't like pay much attention to my last name. I kind of just do everything as if it were it were me. And I get that there's probably some shock value to my last name just because of what my uncle's done and, and everything, but I, I I try not to ride on his coattails. Um, I'll be honest, like I, I worked for my uncle for free. Like after when I got out of coaching, I, I did it all for free to start. And just because I was like, I need to get experience and to kind of see where it goes. So, I mean, he didn't even like, he gave me a job, but <laughs> did he really give me a job? You know what I mean? Like he didn't, he didn't pay me for anything like that. And I've kind of always lived like that. Like, in it's funny, like in high school, like he would have, he has his magazine and he has his photo shoots. And I mean, I, in my high school, I was one of the, the better players on my high school team. I mean, I, not to to my own horn, but I had like nine interceptions in my junior year. And I mean, we had Timmy, who, you know, Timmy McAuliffe, who was a four-year starter at Bowling Green and Ethan Posick, who's a center of the Seahawks and the Right now, and all three of us were three year starters, and we all got invited to go to my uncle's photo shoot and i I refused to go because I didn't want um I didn't want anyone to think like anything was handed to me, you know what I mean like it's just I don't know I'd rather try to do something on my own and work for it myself, so that's kind of the attitude I've always had uh yeah, my last name's lemming, but you know you're trying to kind of push forward and create your own legacy
0: Exactly. yeah exactly so that that's a good thing. I think a lot of the people who are like born into the, born into football kind of have that similar mentality. They know in football it's about wins and losses, and your your last name can only take you so far. What was it, Mike Shula, Don Shula's son, coached for Cincinnati for like three years and was awful, and now he's like a lawyer or something. It's like so. Oh really? Yeah. So I mean, every everybody who gets in the industry, like. They got to have They, ha- they got to have results. They got to do what they have to do. So recruiting. One of the reasons I was just excited to have you on is um, we are both scouts in the sense that we evaluate football players and we try to pre- project them into the next level of play. I'm working on scouting college players into the NFL and you're working on scouting high school players going into colleges. What are some of the challenges in recruiting that you feel are exclusive to recruiting? Um, And what are some other challenges that you think are just based just all football that I'd have to deal with too?
1: Well, I think the all football thing is like, I think for a quarterback, especially there's intangibles that you can't see on film. You can't see the kid's love for football. You can't, you don't know his football smarts. You probably do to a T based off what you watch on film, like game film, but you don't, you don't know everything. Um, I think that would be the biggest thing, but I think for recruiting, like the biggest thing is the difference from an NFL perspective or a college perspective. Like if I'm projecting a high school kid to college, the difference is, I mean, the game's completely different, whether it's from a defensive perspective or for the most part, offensive perspective. I mean, in college, I'd say probably three fourths of college programs are running a pro style offense. I mean, I'm sorry, of spread offense rather. Um, So you're really projecting a kid, into a different type of offense, whereas the NFL, you're projecting a kid to see what he can do in a pro style offense, right? Um, so I think the projections are just a little bit different. Um, I mean, you're, you're dealing with a different type of human being. Obviously, I'm dealing with a 16, 17, 18 year old kid, whereas you're dealing with a more mature 21, 22, maybe 23 year old who's kind of gone through the tough process, and who's gone through the lifting program, who's gone through meetings. You know, it, it's just a little different. Um, But do they have similarities? Absolutely. We're both projecting kids to see like what where we see them as fits, um, what we think their strengths are. I mean, from for me, like I'm filming, I'm watching a tackle. I'm like, this kid is not a division one tackle. He might be a division one guard, but he's not a tackle. So I think we're both projecting kids. It's just a different um, type of level we're projecting at
0: absolutely and you and you probably have just so much more unknowns that you have to deal with because you could be watching like a 16 17 year old kid he's a tackle he's 6'3 260 pounds next year he could be 6'5 300 and
1: yeah no absolute monster absolutely no you're 100% right I and there's I mean there's other factors too like you're thinking of like when you watch a kid, you're watching for the most part, you're probably from an NFL perspective, most of the kids you're watching are FBS kids. Now, don't get me wrong, there's 1A's, D2's and maybe even some D3's. When I'm watching a kid, I could be watching a kid in the from the middle of nowhere in New Mexico, and I have no idea what type of competition he's playing. Like he could be dominating, right? But oh mm-hmm. my like, I I don't know what school he's playing. So it's like, yeah, could he be a really good player, but or is it he's just playing really bad competition?
0: Oh gosh, like I've um I've actually uh, been trying to scout more lower level players. I watched uh D'Angelo Amos of James Madison, and I'm currently watching Jaquan Hardy of Tiffin, and right. I'm able to kind of like watch that film with the sense of hey, Jaquan Hardy's going against Findlay University. Right. None of the guys he's going against are going into the NFL. Right. He's playing against future bankers, accountants, and doctors. <laughs> So I, I, um, I need to expect him to dominate, and right. granted, he does dominate, and that's why I kind of like the guy, but if you are watching tape on a guy and you aren't familiar, because there's so many high schools and don't know the level of competition, that just opens up a whole new, like, can, can of worms in um, evaluating. Yeah. How do you even like start the process of knowing which recruits to even look at? Because that's it's tough. It's a little tough in college because there's a lot of college players. I mean, yeah, we all know Trevor Lawrence is going to be good, but uh, I'm going to need to like deal with questions of like, who should I put in the put in this guide? This right. offensive tackle from East Carolina, who well, this one guy has as a top 250 guy, but another doesn't, right. or or the uh, tight end from central Missouri, right. you have, when I'm dealing with thousands of people, like a potential, like 1000 people to look at, you're dealing with a potential of a hundred thousand. How do you even like come yeah. up with a list?
1: I mean, a lot of it, the nice thing is for like us, there's obviously rivals two, four, seven. I mean, all the media outlets, you, you really have to do your research in the sense that like, you're looking for like a Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence, from what I remember, was a four year starter coming out of Carterville. Um, like a kid like that who's six foot six to over 200 pounds as a freshman and he's going to be a four-year starter and he's got a rocket arm. Like you can project a kid like that and you can see that like he, he had some serious talent Um, and word of mouth spreads fast in the football community, especially in recruiting. Um, So I I think like if, if the one thing is you do your research, but there's so many media outlets nowadays where if you're following them and just seeing through them, like what, who they're talking about or who other people, I mean, whether it's newspaper outlets, there's so much coverage nowadays that it makes it easier. Now, don't get me wrong. There are kids who still slip through the cracks. Like this recruiting process is far from foolproof. But I think the biggest thing doing the research and looking at the kid's tape and kind of being like, hey, well, this kid's a four-year starter and he has all the intangibles you're looking for. Like he is going to be between a four- or five-star recruit.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I kind of, I kind of like that line of thinking of just cutting out all of, all of the noise, knowing, knowing who to trust and who to listen to and understanding that when it all comes down to it, just watch the tape and see see what the guy is and see, yeah. see what he can do.
1: Right. Um, no, I think the big thing about rivals and two four seven is they've got a, a great database of, of recruits. And for me, like it's, It's names. So like rivals might think a kid is a five star. might think he's a three star. Maybe it's the opposite where I think a kid's a five star. They think he's a three star, which is fine. Like everyone has a different opinion on a a certain recruit and whatnot. Um, But the nice thing is that they have names that you can evaluate. And for me, like that's, it's literally going through and taking the time and watching those kids. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Do, um, what is the uh, process like of even getting the film? Is it like easy for you? Do you just ask uh, the coaches for the huddle links? Is there some big
1: high school huddle film? Yeah. So I have I have a huddle account with that I got from the, someone um, that I can watch kids um, complete high school games. So if I want to watch Jimmy Johnson, see him play the number one team in the country, I can. how well, not everyone else can. Um, beyond that it's so easy to get a huddle link nowadays I could type in whoever I mean Corey Foreman's the number one player in the country in the 2021 class I just type in Corey Foreman huddle and it comes right up so getting film is not hard um Uh getting game film getting game film on a kid that is hard unless you have like a all-access huddle account so it it's recruiting has never been easier I mean like with even from like when I was in high school seven eight years ago like Huddle was like just getting started. I mean, you, I had to send DVDs out. I remember. Nowadays, literally, like kids, I watch every kid that DMs me their tape. They literally just copy and paste the link into my direct messages, and I'd watch them. So, literally, it's as simple as sharing a link. Oh,
0: do Do the kids send you the uh, their highlight reels, or do they send like the actual t- like full games?
1: Highlight reels. Most most high school coaches won't share that because they're afraid, like, you know, what I mean, like they're they're, it's like colleges like everyone's trying to be secretive, and I get it like they don't want to see like another coach like the team they're playing next week see their whole game footage if that's not with them um in the games that the teams requested if that makes sense
0: yeah that's that's probably the most frustrating aspect of running of running uh this like the my scouting collective is that like we're kind of at the mercy of the coaches when it comes to film we just have to hope that. somebody somewhere leak something and it gets it um go through reddit or go through somebody that we know and we can kind of get our get our hand like that's just been one of the more bigger pains of pains in the ass
1: yeah
0: it's like on one hand i get it if it's like in season but like after the season like come on like you can't i just feel like
1: more uh fps video coordinators
0: that's what I, um, I, I was able, I have emailed some video coordinators for some of the small schools, but I like, what's it like for the video coordinators? Do they just get a whole bunch of people asking for like media film or?
1: Uh, no, but I, you know, I, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, when I was at New Mexico state, like if I, when I was a GA, like if, whenever I wanted film, I would just go to our video coordinator. Like if I wanted to watch a film of another team. I would just say, like, hey, can you get me, um, like, for example, like Oklahoma film. if That was the one I really liked watching. And they He would just page Oklahoma, and next thing you know, I'd have all 10 of Oklahoma's games in my folder. But I'm sure it's a little different when it's someone outside of the organization. You know what I mean? Yeah. So.
0: Yep. So, yeah, that's, kind of, that's one of the more fun, interesting aspects of this, and I'm glad you're able to circumvent that because – from your from your end, the high school kids want you to see your tape. Right. Um, on my end, college coaches don't give a damn whether or not I see right. see their tape. So it makes kind of a for a different kind of a dynamic. Paulie, what's uh? I gotta ask you a question. Yeah.
1: I like that. Uh, what is that? A cat two cats behind you to the left. Oh yeah. Right? Uh yeah bad bad radio, but I have a uh,
0: poster. In uh, my room It's, uh, it, it's a 40 year old poster This was in my room uh, the, the room I'm in was my mom's room When my mom was a kid And yeah it has, it's a poster with two adorable Little kittens on it and We've never had We've never taken it down Because who wants to take down kittens <laughs> it, it even says on the poster That they're best pals So even though the cats in the poster Are probably dead I mean they're still best pals Oh yeah. Uh glad glad you noticed that. Sadly this is audio only. Alright. <laughs> uh so what about like the recruiting um aspect from the like I guess business standpoint? Um one one of the things that's just kinda tough is that like I don't feel college to NFL scouts are really that valued even at the NFL level, like scouts are the scouting department is often one of the very first things to be to be cut there really isn't that much of a market for like advanced scouting as as i thought there would be but um i know a, i know a guy that i've been working who's doing some recruiting services and he's like charging people like $250 to write a scouting report on their kid so that they right. know what they can do better right. um is recruiting where the money
1: is in scouting you feel uh- you, i i'll say this about recruiting departments they are gaining more and more but like obviously pre-covid we're speaking mm. i mean everyone nowadays is has to cut their budgets which is awful but with covid but pre-covid i mean more and more uh colleges are adding to their like recruiting departments because at the end of the day if you don't have good college football players to put on that field like it's going to be hard to coach them and the really good programs obviously really understand that. I mean, I remember my uncle telling me that like Pete Carroll told me, he said, Pete Carroll told me that college football is all about recruiting. Like if you put really good football players on the field, they they will make you look good. And he's right to an extent, like it's hard to win with bad, with, with un, like with not a lot of talent. Um, so I think recruiting departments are expanding if anything, because um, people are looking to get that inside edge. And I mean, I mean the recruiting departments like the salaries of some of these guys are just going up through the roof too as well because it is such an important role. And like the reason Alabama has been so successful, don't get me wrong, is because Nick Saban's a great coach, but they've been so good because they have had the best like recruiting class. I mean, in the last, shoot, 10 years, probably not, don't get me wrong, there's there's years in between where they might have the second or third, but they're consistently a top three recruiting class. So it comes down to recruiting in college football, and I'm
0: guessing recruiting more than just looking at the rivals top 50 and just being like, I want all of these guys. Right. Like, yeah,
1: no, 100%. No, it's and like I said, like college coaches, like there might be a kid who is a like a really good power five school who might go, man, I really like this. Like, what's his name? Uh, who's the kid coming out of Clemson last year? Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. The, the safety linebacker hybrid type guy, Isaiah Simmons was like a he was like a two star or like a like a low three star. And mm-hmm. look what happened to him. I mean, he was what? When did he get picked?
0: Uh, it was like seventh or eighth overall to. Or exactly. Ninth.
1: They didn't offer that guy because he was in the rivals 300. He wasn't in it. You know, mm-hmm. they offered. It, they identified this kid and they saw like the potential in him. So yep. guys are. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people who will do that, who will go in there and say, we're going to offer this kid, this kid, and this kid. But the really good ones, they take the time, they evaluate, and they say, this kid fits what we want. And they're willing to take a chance on a guy who some people might not have rated as high, but they believe in Mm him.
0: So that kind of brings me to another point of when Clemson saw Isaiah Simmons, they recognized something in his skill set and they decided this man fits our our scheme. Right. How is um how is it to try to take a high school uh, player and marry it to a certain coach or coach or scheme? Like how how do you, especially with when some right. of these like teams are,
1: are all where right? I I think it's similar. I mean you. It, it, that goes back to projecting a kid, right? You're projecting like if you're a uh, if you're running a three four like a three four scheme, you're if you're gonna you're not gonna go pick up a, a true five technique, right? You're gonna yeah. go look for a guy who can be a three four stand up DN who can also drop back into coverage, but obviously can rush the passer as well. So I mean it's prevalent because I mean you're not gonna you're just at the end of the day he needs to fit your scheme. You're not mm-hmm. gonna offer a kid just because just to offer him. So I. I think it it is similar in that sense, like where you're right, where like the Bears and the 2010 Bears are running a Tampa 2 scheme, right, on defense. You're going to look for a Mike linebacker that can drop basically and be a third safety for you.
0: Exactly. The Bears were, not 2010 Bears were never going to draft Ray Mauluga.
1: Yeah, no, hence why he's out of the league, right?
0: Uh. Yep. Stayed in the league a while, though. That It was kind of impressive how long <laughs> Mal Luga was able to be kind of like the last dinosaur yeah, linebacker. He was, yeah,
1: he actually had a great NFL career. He did, I don't know remember.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, yep, that, that that kind of makes sense. Is like, yeah, on one hand, if the guy's 6'5 and runs a 4'4, four four, there aren't too many schemes that he's not going to fit. But besides those
1: big top 5-star and 4-star guys... But the only really thing is for him, I mean... He was from, I think he's from, he's from Kansas. I think he's from Topeka. Um, But it goes back and this is just the recruiting process in general. Like we all miss people. Like everyone missed Isaiah Simmons. Like Mm -hmm. there's guys right now who I'm watching who I might be too high on, but I'm going to miss them. Like we're going to whiff. It's just part of the process. Like it's not a foolproof process. And it's just like the draft process, right? Like Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, if the Patriots could go back, they would have picked Don Brady in the first round, right? Like, if they would have known, it would have been that good. But it's just such a hard process because there's so many small things that you really can't see. Maybe, like, internal things that, like, drive is a huge one that you don't know on tape. Exactly.
0: I feel that, in a way, we are kind of uh, – we're kind of like the weathermen. Like, we get it wrong a lot, but we're better than having nothing. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I feel that like if somebody was listening to this podcast, they'd be like, "Okay, so people scout. They don't really know. They don't really know a lot because they don't aren't it with them. Recruiting guys will watch a guy, but they don't really know if the guy is going to grow, if the guy is going to be able to handle the rigors of college. Like, why are these things even valuable? Like, why are we valuable, Jake?"
1: Right.
0: No. No way. You're right. Yeah, I think the answer is because well we're we're better we're better than nobody and these colleges can make so much mon- money by having a good football program. We talked about Clemson, oh, yeah. but you remember Clemson for like most of our lifetime was just like a middle of the pack ACC team. They're like the equivalent of like Northwestern or Syracuse is now in the 2000s and now they are a perennial team. How much money did that make for the college? Oh, And really? yeah, yeah. So even though we we're going to have misses we're going to look at a um we'll look at a great player and say I'm not sure he's going he he's going to fit in in the next level and be wrong or we'll say that uh this player is going to be the next great college linebacker and he ends up being a Boston out of college in 2 years. But the fact is, is we are going to be right and we are going to find some um, players that the coach that people don't know of. We're going to bring players into systems that the coaches will enjoy um, will enjoy having. And well, because coaches can't do everything, they can't be drawing the X's and O's on the um, X's and O's on the whiteboard and scheming, um, teaching the players how to do things and looking for new players to eventually replace those coaches at the same sure. time.
1: That's why you got a team. Right. No, and that's, I mean, like I was saying, these recruiting departments are expanding like crazy. Like I, to an average fan, I don't think they really realize how busy a college football coach is. Like, I mean, I've, I've been on that side where, I mean, there's days where you're getting in at 7 a.m. and you're not leaving until 9 o'clock at night. I mean, a camp, when you're in camp, like that's even crazier because mm-hmm. it's literally like you're getting in at 7 and you're not leaving until, like 1130 at night, like it's a grind and those guys need help. Like they, they have to prioritize their time. So they need like a recruiting department who could say, Hey coach, like got this group of kids like to take a look at. Let me know what you think um, to make it easier on them because their time, I mean, is precious and they're trying to prepare for games or maybe it's on a bye week. So they're trying they have to go out on the road and they're, they need to be ready and uh, equipped with that information. So no, I'm with you hundred percent.
0: Alright, so let's kind of like get into the um I guess the a little bit more of the nitty-gritty. This has been pretty nitty and gritty. But uh let's yeah,
1: you're say it's as as it gets, Polly.
0: Exactly. It's it's a niche it's a niche podcast. <laughs> and we have fun with it. <laughs> so you get you get your tape. What is your I guess what's like the checklist? Let's say you're going to you're watching an edge rusher. Yeah. Um like, how, what do you like look for when when you uh, watch film? What are right. the things that you all? What are the questions you're asking yourselves? What are the things you have in the back of your mind so right. you can best evaluate uh, best evaluate this player?
1: I mean, right when you get the tape, the first thing I look at is uh, height, like height and weight. That's the first thing. Um, the reality is, if you have a five ten defensive end, he's not going to be an FBS kit a scholarship kit. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just not going to happen. Um, I mean, there might be some crazy one where. It could happen, but um, but beyond that, like if you're looking at an edge rusher, I mean, you're looking at size, speed, athleticism, bend. Does he have a good first step? What does his punch look like? Does he is he a hand fighter? Does he have counter moves? Um, does he play with a high motor? Does he play with a low motor? Stuff like that. Um, but I mean, it, it varies for every position, right? Like I mean, quarterbacks. Obviously, you're looking at arm strength, um, accuracy on all three levels, uh, deep ball accuracy. It, it just depends. Footwork. It, It depends on every situation and every position that you're looking at. Um, But, yeah, no, that's what I would say for that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, one of the uh, things
0: that I do that I was kind of wondering um, how you would feel about it is I actually kind of like watching film on a prospect, knowing about as little as possible as I can about them because I don't want to get my evaluation, like, um, sullied or marred by somebody else's opinion. I don't want to... Yeah, I don't want to know if this prospect's of going to be a 4th round pick or a 5th round pick. Right. Often times I almost come in like barely even knowing like any anything on the prospect and then after two games then I like actually start kind of researching. Um I uh, I also work for PFF, so I have access to some of their some of their stuff. So usually after like the second game, I'll check PFF and see what the, what his grading profile looks like. See if I watched his two best games, his two worst games, his two, his best coverage game, but his worst tackling game and just try to triangulate uh, all of those resources into making the, um, the best to make my best.
1: Yeah. No, I do something similar. Like if a kid sends me his tape, I don't like most of the kids post their offers on Twitter, if not all of them. Like, they'll mm-hmm. post, like, blessed to receive an offer. I'm sure you've seen it from Kentucky or University of Illinois, whatever. But if a kid sends me his tape, the first thing I do is I click on the tape, I look at his height and weight, and I watch it. And, like, there's kids where I'm watching, I'm like, oh my gosh, this kid is an absolute stud. Like, he's 6'4, 240. Like, he moves well. He's got a great first step. He's explosive, twitchy. Like, who is this kid? And then I'll click on him. They'll be like, four star. He's got offers from Alabama and all this stuff. I'm like, well, it makes sense now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he is um, not a hidden gem sadly. No, 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 but there are but here's the thing Paul, like there is kids like that that I get sent. Like there's a kid I tweeted about him the other day and at the end of the day like he, he got an offer because of his ability, but there's a kid named Aiden Laffery who's from Illinois. He ran a 107 100 meters as a true as a freshman in high school. Um I he sent me his highlight tape and he was like, "Hey coach, like I think I'm a, a pretty good prospect too." And I watched him and he didn't get tackled. I think like until four minutes and 30 seconds in his highlight tape. I'm like, who is this kid? And like, I clicked on his Twitter thinking he'd have a bunch of offers and he had nothing. He had absolutely nothing. So I was like, all right. So I sent him to one of my buddies. I'm like, you guys need to watch this kid. And sure enough, like, they loved him. He had an offer like a, a week later. And then he had another offer a week later. And then I think like a couple of weeks later, he picked up another FBS offer. And now he's got, now he's like a three-star. But nobody, wow. like that. That there's kids like that. You know what I mean? Who just need like, who have the talent they just need someone to like put their name out there because he was from like a small school in central illinois so that's the cool thing about like my job is like you get kids like that and don't get me wrong i did not get that i'll never say i got that kid a scholarship i didn't his highlight tape got him a scholarship he just needed to like be put in front of people exactly. and that's the cool part
0: Oh, yeah, and that's that's good that you kind of have that mindset because, like, I bet a lot of people in your situation would be, like, have, like, the Jesus um mentality of, I have discovered this child, right. and i right. give him to you, D1 University. Please oh, hand yeah. me a four-figure four check and well, let me people, get this cloud on yeah. Twitter.
1: That's the sad thing about the thing, like, I mean, there there is people like that, but, like, you got to have humility in this business, and you got to make it – it's not about me, like – I love what I do and I get to help a ton of people, but like, who am I? You know what I mean? Like I'm just some guy, like I'm here to help people and like give kids exposure, but like, I'm not some like savior like that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's about the kids and helping them. That's the biggest thing. All right. Yeah. That's, that's a good mindset. I got,
0: uh, I guess slightly turning back to the, uh, uh, scouting, um, process, Another thing that I always like look for, um, and it's something I say a lot on this podcast, is always look, uh, always make note of what the prospect does rather than what the prospect doesn't do. Is that, um, so meaning, uh, for example, if Trayvon Diggs was a great um, man press corner, but he never looked all that comfortable in zone, you shouldn't bash him because he d- never looked good in zone because he's so good in man a man team is going to draft him and zone teams are going to pass him up. Uh, Does that apply just as much in high school as it does in the NFL? No, I think so too. I mean,
1: the one thing like that I think that is a little frustrating is you can't deny production either. Right? Like -hmm. if there's a defensive end who has 15 sacks, but you're like, Oh, he's a little stiff. It's like, well, he still had 15 sacks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he might be a little stiff, but the kid's tearing it up. And like, if he's playing against good competition, it's like, well, what's the deal here? Like, I think we over, we overanalyze things. And like, whether it's in high school recruiting or also in like NFL type recruiting too, like NFL type scouting rather, um, you can't deny production. Like, unless like, don't get me wrong, like from an air raid quarterback who's thrown for 5,000 yards, but he's also throwing, he's got like 450 attempts a year. Like that's a little different. But overall, like it, it, you can't overlook production. Like it, because at the end of the day, like, that's literally the exact same thing you are looking for is production. So exactly,
0: ooh, this I think this is actually a good segue to um, maybe talking a little bit about uh, the A word analytics when you were mentioning. Uh, when you were mentioning uh, production is one of the things that I focus on yeah. is um, knowing the context of the production. You made the example of uh, a quarterback in the air raid system where he's got 5,000 yards, but only 2,000 of those yards were in the air because he throws screens 50% of the time. But I also think that can kind of apply to um, other positions as well. Maybe that um, that defense lineman who got 15 sacks, yeah, he's he's a good player, but what if maybe four or five of them were like cleanup sacks where another guy pressured him and just walked walked right into him and that's one of the things that i feel like pff does well is um when they do grading they can take into account that hey not all sacks are created equal sometimes it's the guy who gets the pressure is more valuable than the guy who gets the sack sometimes on a running play the offensive line is um if like there's a 70-yard run. Yeah, the running back showed really good burst through the tackle um, to get through the hole, but nobody even touched him. Bro, um, what experience do you have in analytics, and how do you think analytics can help you become a better recruiting person? And what do you think are some, I guess, pitfalls of maybe relying on analytics too much?
1: Oh, man, I, I have no experience in analytics. I will be honest. Really? Um, the thing I – I will say I think analytics has in college football has a huge role um, and more and more colleges are starting to use analytics. I don't know how it could be used in like high school football recruiting. Like I I'm sure there's some crazy metric you could use. I just have no idea about like what it would be used for. Um, excuse me. Um, but yeah, man, I don't. I'm not familiar with analytics. Like I, I know what exactly it is and everything, but I've never used them. I've never been in a program where we use um, analytics. Don't get me wrong, we use statistics, but analytics are so much more in depth and have somewhat... They're broad. So, um, yeah. I mean, what was your other question, though, Paul? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't think I had.
0: I don't think I had one. I think uh, I completed the segue. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Too. Yeah. So. All right, that's yeah, that's kind of interest um, interesting. I know PFF is, um, and some other companies have been like looking into doing some like uh, charting and um and methods for um high school because you are kind of right with um because like the root of analytics comes from like charting and having more in- more information. And yeah. I mean, high school stat keeping programs are only going to say,
1: Bill. Got a seven-yard run. They aren't, aren't even going yeah, to say what tough. side it's it is right? really Because and there's a lot of programs who, like when I was in high school, like it felt like almost everyone used max preps for their stats, right? That's where mm-hmm. like all the stats were kept. Nowadays, I mean, I'd say about one third of the programs, like in terms of like Illinois, like I'd say maybe one third of the programs use max preps for stats. So statistics are hard to find. Like I couldn't tell you who the leading. I probably could because I actually seen his highlight tape, but. <laughs> For the most part, like, I couldn't tell you who the top five passers were in Illinois because that that information isn't available, if that makes sense. Now, there's states like Iowa where they require the programs to input stats. So they have a website called Quick Stats. So I would be able in Iowa to find, like, a statistic like that, like, who are the top five receiving leaders, rushing leaders, and things like that. But it's not required in every state. So I think it would just be, it'd be kind of tough to, to do. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Cause- I mean you keep I mean analytics is a really broad term. Like I hate when people are just like NFL analytics are stupid or NFL analytics are the best thing ever because like you have your in game decision making analytics when to go for it on fourth down, when to go it for two point conversions and right. Uh, things of that nature you have like NFL draft analytics where people are talking about um what type of play, uh, what type of players do best um in the draft what type of combine stats have the highest correlation to success right and um like yeah, so there's just like so many analytics and putting it all under one broad term is silly. I think uh, analytics has done a great job moving the game forward. You remember back watching football in like 2009 nine, when teams would like kick field goals from fourth and one at their 5-yard line or something? Like <laughs> it was different. Then. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and then uh people got on it. And now I'm almost wondering if like analytics is going too far. Like I've got people on the timeline saying there's no difference between Mike Davis and Christian McCaffrey and I'm like hold your horses. Let's not go too far with running backs not mattering. Let's <laughs> I mean running backs aren't that aren't as valuable as they were in the 2000s and they are they're a little overrated, but let's not get too far.
1: <laughs> no, I I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Uh
0: and then, so what has been
1: um, one of the more uh, rewarding aspects of recruiting? I, I mean, like that kid, like I we brought up earlier, someone like him, but like I, I'll send, like, I mean, I got a lot of coaching buddies. I've been able, to, I've been fortunate. I've been able to meet a lot of people from a lot of different programs and like sending a kid to a coach and then them texting me back being like, hey, I'm going to offer this kid. Like, that's a really cool part of this because you know that that university is going to be changed could potentially change that kid's life. I mean, if it's a full scholarship, that kid's parents don't have to pay for his education. He's going to go to school for free. Um, Mm. and and the reality is there's kids, especially where I'm at that may not have had that opportunity without that, that school giving them that scholarship. So being able to like, just help kids in a small way. And like I said, like, it's not me. I don't, I don't get these kids scholarships. Like these kids highlight tapes, and what, how they perform, that's what gets them these offers. Uh, the one thing that I, I help them do is, like, put them in front of people. Um, and then if a coach likes them, obviously they will offer them. But that's a really cool part of it because you know that these kids' lives, they, they can be changed for the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? And that they could do something really special, whether it be not only on the football field but off of it um, and beyond as well.
0: All right. And um, what about – uh? What about all these recruiting services cuz I like uh as I mentioned earlier there's so many people trying to like get their foot in the door with recruiting and have like all these business plans and are offering hey if you pay us money I'll get you I'll get your your scouting report I'll get you your film in front of these people
1: yeah, no don't <sighs> shy away I shy away from those hard like there I think like, like I have parents who DM me and be like, hey, I would love for you to help my son. Like I'm willing to pay. And I'm like, I'm like, I appreciate. It. I, I don't need your money. Like I, I watch your son's tape and like depending on his ability, like I'll, I'll send it to the schools that I know like he can play at or whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're good enough, they will find you. That's that's the end of the day. Like with colleges, you have so many resources. And don't get me wrong. There are some kids who will flip through the cracks. There are. There might be some kids who are really talented but they might have to walk on or a kid from a small school who has division one ability but he ends up going uh to D two school just because no one knew about him. But you really don't need something like that. Like you know what I mean? Like we aren't like a scouting service where we sell like um like we're like selling like, hey, we're gonna get your kid scholarship offers. Like I'm gonna give him I'm gonna help him get scholarship. But that's not what we do. Like we write about kids, we evaluate kids and we find kids, and we just talk about them. And I mean, mm-hmm. we have colleges who follow us, who subscribe to us. Um, we absolutely do. So, and they make their own judgments off of that. So, I am very hesitant on things quite like that.
0: All right. So, yeah. You, so, you guys make your money by doing the work, putting the information, uh, putting the information out there, and the people who are most interested in in that stuff whether it be high school football fans recruits and parents who want to see where their kid is ranking on certain leaderboards are willing to pay for access to your, to to your site and that
1: information is is valuable too correct right. 100% no i think um when you think of like rivals and 247 which i know you're pretty familiar with rivals and 247 for the most part they cover fbs kids with some one double a kids maybe some D- d2 scholarships trickled in there we cover fbs we cover fcs we cover d2 and we cover d3 kids because there's some kids like who might be he might be like a 510 linebacker but damn this 510 linebacker could play but yeah he might make a really good d3 player but the reality is he's 510 so he's not going to play fbs football so If it almost feels like it's in a way, our job is to help get that kid exposure to help him find the right fit.
0: Absolutely. And uh, yeah, because that was one of the things I was kind of told is that the money in recruiting is going up and it's really crazy this year because of coronavirus and how um, there's going to be since seniors are allowed to come back for to play next year there's going to be five classes of kids at colleges and that there's going to be a lot more like good three star players who aren't going to find
1: scholarships they're going it'll to have be, to like it'll be potentially six classes cuz you got to think of the red shirts too yeah like I, I, the thing is i think and this is still like be determined but what i'm guessing is colleges are going to have to let kids walk like current kids you know what i mean like if they're like hey Joey Joey Johnson is a uh, our, he's been our number two linebacker for three years. They might have to make that decision because a place like Bowling Green doesn't have the money to like fund six sets of scholarships. That's just the reality. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be really this is a really weird weird year. And I saw um, Clint Cosgrove. He works for uh, National Preps and he writes for us as well. He tweeted about how. He thinks like there's gonna be a record level, like once these these high school seniors are like in college and draft eligible, he thinks there's gonna be like a record high number of like one aa players drafted because there's so many kids slipping through the cracks right now because of the, the whole COVID issue. Mm-hmm. And not
0: yeah, kidding.
1: just so many le- so
0: many less scholarships, so many play. Some people, some kids can't even play high school football right now. Like Illinois, like, we're just- not we're not playing high school football right now. Illinois won't play till the spring. Exactly, and that's just going to just totally ruin uh, ruin some kids' timelines. 100%. It's like I think uh, Ohio Ohio is playing. I'm not. Sh- I don't think it's like full schedule because they're they're doing like some weird thing where all the kids yeah.
1: are it's going totally to the playoffs. Playoffs right now in Ohio. Like it's yeah. like a six game schedule and then playoffs. But if you get eliminated, you could potentially like play like four more games just to like get to ten, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's very, it's very odd. I know I talked with like Saint Ignatius, and they just said they had a four game schedule. Cause I was like, I was um, talking with them. Uh, Saint Ignatius is the um, is the elite football high school yeah, in I Cleveland.
1: Know. Oh yeah, what about Saint Eds? You're not giving those guys any uh, any love? Funny thing, if um, I had a normal
0: childhood, I probably would have went to Saint Eds. <laughs> That was um I lived in I lived in Lakewood a little bit before I uh before I had to um move move out.
1: That's your yeah. boy Tyler King and uh, Jack Walls. Yeah boys.
0: St. Ed's.
1: Yeah.
0: Well yeah, um but yeah, the uh Saint Ignatius, I was like lived in walking distance too, and I'm like, Hey, you guys need any help? And they're like, We've only got four games this year, not much for you for you to do. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's rough. It's going to be really rough uh, for everybody out there and well I just it, it just makes our work I, even
1: more valuable. Go ahead. I think you're 100 I don't get me you're 100% right with that like I like I try to take this thing really really serious and try to help as many kids as possible. Um like I I, I shouldn't discourage kids like the like who aren't playing right now like it's it's not going to kill you. Like the, I, if you're playing in the spring, if you're good enough, colleges will still find you. You know what I mean? Like it sucks, it's different, it's not going to be normal, but Colleges are going to be out all spring recruiting because unless they are one double A's or some D2's. But if they're not, they're probably evaluating from home right now anyway. But don't, if I could give advice to a kid right now, don't freak out, control what you can control and just work really, really hard to have a really good senior season. Because if you still do, it's still going to matter. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, how's wait, how's that going to work with like National Signing Day? Like isn't National Signing Day around like There's February or March
1: and the season won't be done till April? I I haven't it's a great question. There's two of them. There's one in December and February. I'm assuming what they'll do is they'll push the one in February back to probably around somewhere in April. Okay. Have, that's a great question. That still is to be determined. And that's the scary thing about the NCAA is that they have not determined that yet. Exactly, because that uh, six
0: foot one corner, who is now a six foot three corner, who had two interceptions last year and was all conference, but this year he's gonna be gonna get like eight interceptions and lock down a four star recruit. Right. I I really want to make sure that he can get get what he deserves. 100%. All right, so I guess this is kind of a um what well, summarize a lot of what you were saying um so pretty much most of my lists uh, most of my listeners are nfl draft guys um what advice are uh, from places um websites to write for or people to get a hold of or youtube videos to watch what resources are out there for somebody who is saying hey i love um college nfl scouting but i think high school and um college scouting is my thing and want to
1: make that jump over how would one of these people start I think well I think one of the biggest things is you have to be consistent, right? With your content. If you put out consistent content, that gives you a bigger chance. And the one thing like I always try I try to be consistently putting out content and it's worked really well for us at Prep Red Zone. I mean, we're like I said, I think we're in twenty-five states already. Um I mean, what, I think four months ago we were in two states. So like if that's your goal, like you want to be an NFL scout or you wanna be Somewhere in recruiting or college football recruiting, whatever you want to do is be consistent with it and put out content. Use social media as your friend because I know so many people who've gotten jobs because they have been just super relevant on Twitter and it put out really, really good content that people really enjoy and it's led to jobs. And it's not a crazy thing to where if you're doing your draft evaluations of, I don't know, Trey Lance on Twitter and you're watching this film, but you're breaking down and you, Let's say you tag Trey Lance and Trey Lance retweets it. Boom. You get 10 followers off of that. Like be consistent with your content because if you are, eventually someone's going to notice. A funny thing with, uh,
0: so we have uh, – XCB, I feel, has been very consistent with their um, with their content. I mean, like I said, we've put, I think, 260 articles out now. Uh, I, I'm not sure how many players we've got retweeting stuff. We've had more
1: players' moms retweet stuff than actual <laughs> players. I'll give you a tip on that. I'll give you some tips on that. If you haven't, one of the things you can do is – so let's say you put an article up. You can put a picture, and you could tag – those pl- that player, right? Like, let's say the, the quarterback from I saw you that kid's article on what's his name, Kroom, the quarterback from Kent State.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Justin Crum, yeah, Matt,
1: the Maddie J clone. Uh, yo, you Maddie J, baller. Um, but you could t- you could tag that kid in it, you could tag Kent State football, you could tag his parents in it, you could tag his high school football account on it, you could tag his high school in it, and then you put the article below it. That's one way, or you could just at like put the article then at Dustin groom and then at dust or at Kent State football. There's a lot of ways, man. But if you want to build a brand, that's, you have to be able to tag um, those prospects in it. So they know about it because they'll, they'll help uh, promote your brand as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what is it? Sean Wade's dad retweeted one of my, my uh, Sean Wade scouting report from Ohio state.
1: Oh, there you go. You're so, Hollywood, Hollywood, Paul. That's almost to start calling you.
0: Exact. Uh, exactly. So yeah, um, be consistent. W- be consistent with your co- content. Network. Get in touch with people. And I guess in the end of the day, it's uh, it's all it's all football. If you know what a
1: cover two is, and you can and you know your schemes, and yeah. Have- I mean, the <laughs> reality is you got to study film. Don't get me wrong. I watch, yeah. Like for me in high school recruiting, it, it's totally different than NFL scouting. I mean, th- there are a ton of similarities. Projecting that's the thing, but there there obviously is a lot of differences, but like for me in high school recruiting, like I watch film all day like i I don't have every answer to every recruiting question i, I couldn't tell you every single thing, but I'm gonna work hard to try to you know what I mean and the amount of film I watch my head makes my head hurt, but that's what I love to do, and it's what I hope to continue to do mhm and you're get you're getting paid to watch football, and you love football? That's great. does it get
0: much better than that I I I don't I don't know it's like I want to get paid to watch football or at least get paid more to watch football
1: (laughs) there you go
0: I mean I I hope in 20 in 20 years I'm just watching football getting paid and uh getting paid money to watch football and ignore my wife it it sounds like sounds great
1: oh
0: god oh God. (laughs) all right if if you if you so desire now would be the time if you have any uh stories to uh embarrassing stories or any roasting uh to commence you can do
1: so now <laughs> I won't do that to you only good stories polly only okay good stories. come on now <laughs> uh i know one of my favorite
0: uh favorite stories from b- uh back in college uh involves a good old Garrick dieter. Uh, Gary Dieter is with the Kansas City Chiefs now, and he's famous for being Pat Mahomes' best friend. And uh, his family would always, um, would always tailgate before the games. And like when I'd walk to the stadium to like do work, I'd always, uh, stop, uh, stop by, say hi to the, uh, st- say hi to the Dieter family before and afterwards. And, uh, and, uh, the gimmick was is I would always uh, roast Garrick. I'd be like, "You sucked out there tonight. I'm gonna kick you so hard you'll fall down the depth
1: chart." And just it was so funny. And you know, you got to get as your next guest. You got to get Thurman. Oh, what he's, he's not doing anything with stuff. like to have a brother in the NFL. There you go. I just oh. gave him the first uh, interview idea.
0: Yeah, uh perhaps. Or maybe I can get or maybe once I get a little bit more um a little bit more clout, I can get Garrig himself. There you go. what it's like to go through the um go through the whole draft process. There's there been a go. lot of a lot of BG guys have been making it through. I mean Scotty Miller, he's out there killing That's it in Tampa guy. Bay.
1: That's your guy.
0: Uh, James Morgan, uh, so glad that he was able to find Florida International and kick butt there and now gets to be in the same room as a Super Bowl quarterback, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have uh, any anything else to share with us?
1: I think I'm good, Paul. Um Keep killing it with your uh... – your draft coverage and I'll see you soon.
0: Absolutely. All right. Jake, you have any uh, so, uh, socials or things you want to uh, pr- promote for our, our lovely listeners?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm at my Twitter's at jlemming Lemming um, 18. Beyond that prep red zone is our website. If you like high school football recruiting and like a little more um, in depth coverage in terms of not just the, the Division one the FBS guys, maybe more so the, the middle to lower. Let's hit us up, subscribe. Um, but yeah, that's it.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, thank you. The, um, I'm Paul Duncan at the Paul on Twitter. Uh, you should also go and read all of the uh X T B content at expand the box score 260 scouting reports. That's a lot of reports that we've written, and all of them are good. And the book should will be coming out hopefully February or March. And uh, thank you guys all for listening, and we will be back um, next week. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your day.